The following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> if you had to choose the ultimate curse word, what would what would it be? Like, would go on your headstone like this is what you, this is her favorite word. Fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I just. It's such a fun word to say. <laughs> it is. I hate how people demonize it. I someone had written a, a podcast review for me, and they're like, she says fuck too much. I'm like. Don't fucking listen to that. And like, we're like, normal people say that a lot. Like, God, get, maybe, yeah. Uh, you, yeah, need to go live a little, but <laughs> fuck is a great like word. Form of expression. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season three. I'm so excited to have Jennifer on today. I've known you for a good couple months, maybe up to a year at this point, like in passing. You have such an interesting backstory. <laughs> like, so many things have happened, right? Layoffs, you've like moved, like you've had a lot of I don't want to say problems, but you've experienced a lot of the hardships that like all us millennials are simultaneously experiencing and yet no one's fucking talking about it. And if they are, it's in like these small little pockets on TikTok. You know what I mean? So I'm just grateful that you're coming on to like share the real shit because not enough people do that. Grateful for your invitation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So do you want to like kind of give us a little backstory about what the fuck happened? Like, I mean, the layoffs is a hot topic right now, but also like, only fans and just craziness of life like I just I, I want to get into all all the shit yeah for sure um I moved back to Vancouver in 2018 and I immediately had a job managing a co-working space of course we were all let go because of COVID no one was allowed in the offices and then that turned into furlough so we were receiving benefits but we weren't necessarily getting paid so that was just paid from the government as we all are aware of from there, I ended up getting offered a position lower than the position I currently was in, and I decided to not go back. And from there, I was just on EI, and my next position was property management. I was doing administration for one of the big developers in the city, and I was going through a really rough relationship patch. I met someone and moved in uh, pretty quickly with him, and it it got to be quite emotionally abusive because it was a new position. I was dealing with the stress of having to go to work, figure out how to do my job, imposter syndrome, and dealing with just toxic corporate environment. All the bullshit. Um, all the bullshit. <laughs> and having to go home and knowing that my evening was going to have to be, again, problem solving again and learning how to coordinate those both. And I was in a constant state of stress. So... All of that stress, I was. I asked to work from home. They said, yes, we'll give you three months. Started working from home. Of course, if anyone has worked from home, they either know that it's a motivator or something that makes you a little more lazy. For me, it was a little bit of both. It depended on my days. It depended on my stress levels. And at one and a half months, my, my manager just called me and he just said, you know what, we're gonna let you go. There was like no reason, nothing. I totally understand that it was probably because I wasn't working in the office and that's where they prefer you to work. I was also dealing with the toxicity of the workplace. So, you know, someone that as a female, if you get more attention than other females, I don't know, there's this weird thing where it, it becomes a competition. Um, oh my God, also, yeah. 
Yeah, everyone's it's in that weird. Room. Were you working in like a all women's group or was it just it just so happened that the per like your colleague happened to be someone who like couldn't find collaboration in the work? It was more competitive. It was more competitive. It was mostly male dominated, but with her, I believe the issue rose from she was like that popular social girl in the workplace. She came in, she socialized with everyone. She knew all the gossip, just the bullshit that I don't want to deal with. Whereas I'm the opposite. I will say hi to you. I will be friends with you. Let's have our little time to chat. But at the end of the day, I'm going in, I'm doing my work and I'm going the fuck home. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't necessarily like being that close with the people that I work with because I know it gets way too political and the more they know about you, the more they're going to use against you, especially in a corporate sense. So I was let go from there on EI again. And then I got another position, same industry, but instead of residential, it was for commercial. And from there, I sat in front of my computer. They said, here's a manual. Here's how this, this is a job. You don't get someone to like sit beside you and show you the job. You just have to go like feed you to the wolves kind of mentality. I struggled with that brand new industry or sector of the industry. And I asked for help multiple times. They refused to have someone sit beside me, but they said, oh, just like on your off time, do little courses, read about it. And I'm like, I'm not getting paid to do that. I'm not, I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. This is like, one of my questions in the interview was what's the work-life balance? And as most of us millennials know, that's super important. It's a non-negotiable for me. If I feel tired at the end of the day, I'm not going to want to go home and learn more about the job that's making me stressed. Yeah. And that's just my perspective. I, I, I don't, agree with the hustle, hustle, hustle mentality. I think there's got to be a balance. You need your rest time to be able to perform at a maximum um, in your workplace. So, And this is simultaneously with the drama with the boyfriend or or ex-boyfriend now. With that boyfriend, we actually were talking about me joining OnlyFans. But he knew about it the whole time? He knew about it the whole time. He was on board he was telling me things I should do to get more outreach like he was like I can be your manager I can like be a part of the videos typical like fuckboy mentality (laughs) I didn't realize it was like oh this guy loves me but no it wasn't that he was cheating on me the entire time he wait really what the okay you did I don't know if you told me maybe you did tell me that I don't remember but (laughs) like I mean, it's already like, so wait, did you want to do OnlyFans before he mentioned it or were you and he just like egged you on type of thing? Or was it like, yeah, how did so that even happen? I actually, it was something that I've always thought about doing. Um, but with him, it came out more. It's a matter for me. It was a matter of understanding my sexuality and it was a part of liberation as well for me. I have always known I've been a very sexual person. I've I've been my entire life, mm-hmm. as are most women. And I brought up the the thought about it to him and he was totally on board this is between the time of the two property management positions so I was receiving money from the government and I was like I don't know if I want to go back to corporate I don't really want to like Mm -hmm. that experience kind of traumatized me so let's see if what everyone's saying is true and will work in my favor so like was it like a, a you were like oh I can make money from this and I can also express myself in a way that I feel like I haven't been able to in years so it was like a combination of like filling two buckets yes, in a exactly. sense. I love the whole like rise of feminine power <laughs> shit. Like it's fucking that's where that's where I yes. I'm for it. You got to use what God gave us type exactly. of thing. So you know, as they yeah. say, and in my mind too, it's like 
it, we live in a man's world. Maybe let's just work with it instead of against it, right? Well, they're the ones paying too. So you're just like, fuck <laughs> yeah. it. So yeah, I got into that. I I was working pretty hard at it. I was doing the, the batch shooting. I even hired a girl from the UK who's pretty well known in the industry to kind of mentor me throughout throughout my beginning. And then I got to the point where, okay, my eye's going to run out. I actually have to make money before this set of time. I need to make a decision. And so I started applying for more property management positions and I got the the job at the second place. So you stopped it after like you got yeah. the job? But during that time, I was also going through my suicidal tendencies. I've had suicidal tendencies since I was, I want to say like 21 it comes and goes. It's not something that I will ever like actually submit to. But um, there have Mm -hmm. been moments in my life where I have gotten really close. So when those times come back, or when those moments or those feelings come back, it's very scary. It's very dark. Because of the stress that I was dealing with at that first company, and the stress that I was dealing with at home with my boyfriend, it just all tumbled. And that was I felt like there was no hope left in this world for me. I felt like I don't have any kind of passion in this world. I don't know what I want to do with my life. You know, it's not like I have a skill developed other than being an admin and being in corporate. And to anyone that's worked in corporate, we all understand that it's one of the most soul-sucking jobs out there. They're like, oh, It's yeah. not like we're cherished. We're just a number at the end of the day. Especially admin. Like when you're in support, I was also a EA and I did some admin work too. And it's like, they know that you're the one running the shit and they're, you're so important, but they still treat you like they disregard you, like as if you can't do shit. And it's like, but I, I do yeah. everything. And yet you're not taken seriously because it's not like, oh, I got an accounting degree and yeah. I'm an accountant. You know what I mean? Not the TikTok accountant, but like yeah. regular <laughs> accountant. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird, it's, I can completely I can relate yeah it's and even if you ask for support if you feel like you're struggling if you ask for support some companies will either not give you support and say like what they said to me on your off time do courses on Coursera or whatever or yeah yeah we'll get you support and then they don't get you support they kind of gaslight you in a sense it's yeah it's it's very defeating I find that a lot of people who go into admin work it's because they are actually like really like they're multi-talented like they can do a lot of different things and they've got like a lot of different interests and so it's like oh I can do a lot of things and I don't want my day-to-day to be the same so I'd rather do that but then it's almost like we look like we aren't don't have a skill set because we have we're good at like many things instead of just one which I feel like is bullshit because we're super yeah adaptable. that's definitely a part of it I I'm good at multitasking. I know I'm good at problem solving. I know I'm good at connecting with people. I know I have a customer service personality. I've worked in customer service before. It's all part of, I guess, your your growth towards getting into higher admin positions as well. You do know how to navigate different problems and you you should be able to handle stress at a very high level as well. Yeah, we mm-hmm. are we are multifaceted. We are multi-talented. I think it's just a matter of not knowing how to hone into one specific skill set maybe and where to direct it to if that makes sense yeah it's also I feel like a title thing like sometimes I feel like if I don't have for the longest time if I didn't have Mm -hmm. a title like for whatever reason if I went to introduce myself like it just felt like I'd get deflated because I'm like I don't know how to describe myself Mm -hmm. but here's a fucking list of 50 things that I can do for you yeah 
And those are all transferable skills. We don't realize it and we don't realize we can put that into something more creative. We don't know. We can go anywhere with these skill sets. We just kind of, we lose the steam because we're in such a stressful place. And it's hard to come Mm -hmm. out of that. It's hard to get yourself to that. Okay, I've finally released all the stress from my body and my mind, which takes months, years, whatever it is. And then channeling that free flow into something else that's more fulfilling to your life. So I want to kind of backtrack a second about the OnlyFans thing, and then we can go forward to like what transpired this Mm -hmm. past year. So one, I was wondering, did you make any money from it the first time around? Also, I'm wondering, did the admin skills that you had from corporate like transfer to OnlyFans? Because I know like people think, oh, you just show up and you get naked. It's like, no, there's like a you got to market it and there's a strategy and you got to do a lot of back end stuff. And like, so I'm just wondering, like for people who are listening, like, is it it's got to be hard right it's not it can't be easy or yeah, everyone would do it's it it's definitely not easy it's not a nine to five clock in i'm done job it's a you are demanded at at all times of the day especially if you're feeding out content to like every everyone in the world can receive this content right so someone can be up at five in the morning they send you a message and it's a matter of instant gratification if someone's horny they want to jerk off right now like give me something to work with like did you make a decent amount of money or it was like oh you know I'm still testing it out like yeah I worked at it for two months I believe and I made about a hundred dollars and most of it came through subscriptions and then a couple a couple pay-per-views but the the fact that it was more a 24-7 job for me because that's how when I was learning about it through the mentor she mentioned it was exactly that you know like it's like you're on demand all the time and that's that may work for some girls they probably know how to set it up better than I do again this is something that I was just kind of toying with and seeing what could come of it so I don't know all the exact details but for me it was just not worth having to be on all the time for anyone like and it's it's a work-life balance and people don't realize it's not as easy as taking a few naked photos and and sending them and you're done you get like thousands and thousands of dollars it's not that it's definitely a lot of marketing and it's it's a lot of admin it's learning all these different platforms to integrate into your only fans it's funneling from your other social media outlets so yeah my experience in admin definitely helped and just knowing how to be well spoken and translate a feeling into words is also important too. I find a lot of people on there actually really liked dirty, dirty talking. So it was knowing how to, I guess, get someone horny through sexualization um, and manipulation through your words. Was it like actual dirty talk, like you were sexting someone type of thing, or was it more like the whole? Like I, I found when I was doing the feet pics thing, like I wasn't dirty talking with people, but it was more like they'd want to be like oh, you're a bad pay pit, you know, whatever the fucking phrase. It'd be like, I would be making fun of them. It was more like, it would be manipulation through like making fun of them than it would be like, I'm touching your dick, blah, blah, blah. you know, the yeah. whole thing. So is it, yeah, what was, what did you have two different experiences with that or it was kind of just Yeah, I think way? it's a little mixture. I think it depends on everyone's personal preference and their kinks. Like for me, I love dirty mm-hmm. talking, whether it's with some random or with a boyfriend. Like I, I enjoy it. It's a power move. It's a fucking power move. It's like a dopamine hit, I have to say. And so some people, you know, I created my little menu and I said, dirty talk for 30 minutes. It's like $15 per every 30 minutes, whatever the price was set at, right? So 
then for the next 30 minutes, you'd be dirty talking to this person as if it was someone that you were actually fucking in real life. Um, or you'd have these people that would come in and say, do you have anything for me right now? Like, do you have any naked, like nudes, whatever. And then, and then it was just a matter of, oh, send me a tip. I'll send you the picture. There's a lot of people that go on there and they want free content. Oh, always. I can imagine. And you're like, no. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's just a mixture. It just depends on everyone's kink. Everyone has such a variety of kinks. You never really know what's going to come your way. So I feel like OnlyFans would be hell of a lot of fun honestly but yes it is a lot of work but then my only concern with it was like the reputational piece like you know I wouldn't want anyone in my immediate family to know or like my siblings or whatever or a future boss that's my I think that's most people's concern but other than that they're like this this looks like so much fun it's like liberating yeah it's super liberating it's super I mean who doesn't want to be their full authentic sexual selves like we're on this earth to Mm -hmm. procreate at the same time right and sex is just a pleasure I think we shouldn't deny from ourselves it's something beautiful it's something that we intimately connect with on multiple um, levels with the other sexual beings that we're involved with it's a thing that we should Mm -hmm. never be ashamed of yeah it's it's not all fun and games it is fun but for me as I mentioned before you know I can't be on all the time I can't be And so I was putting myself in a position where I had to do the like dirty talking. Um, Sometimes I just didn't want to or sometimes I was out with some friends and what am I going to be doing like dirty chatting some random across the world while I'm like having beers with a girlfriend telling her about my traumas. No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, to this day, people still like I live with eight other people in a big house in Vancouver. It's kind of like the Vancouver experience for I feel a lot of younger people now and even the people I live with are like yeah you know what you do great at OnlyFans you should start it up again and I'm like it's not it's not for everyone it's not that easy so you wouldn't consider doing it again I don't think so because I think I have something else to offer not that it's better not that it's less do you want to share that like what are you working yeah, what are you working I'm on not right now? working on anything that's the thing I'm just learning to come to acceptance with myself I'm not working at the moment like life right now is just getting to a place where I'm more at peace with myself and learning more about myself and getting more into a creative state. I think we all need that and deserve that. And so what I've come to realize in these last few months of not working too, because I'm living with eight other people and you learn a lot about yourself when you're living with this many people, you're faced with challenges all the time. Oh my God, so many mirrors that you're just seeing all day long. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, whether you like it or not, every single person in this house is going to challenge you. No matter how much fun you have with each other, no matter how well you get along. Like, people come home from work and we crack some beers. We joke all the time. We're laughing all the time. But at the end of the day, it's still difficult. It's still teaching me about myself. So I, I know I have something to offer in the sense of I connect with people very easily. I am very good at asking questions to get people to open up to me very quickly. It's not necessarily intentional. I'm just a very curious person. I've always been interested in psychology. I've always been that person that people reach out to when they need some advice, some solid, like, realistic advice, because I don't sugarcoat shit. I don't think any of us deserve any sugarcoating in our lives. We just need to face the reality of what is. I just I feel like we're such a disconnected society and it's it's really unfortunate because that's what's leading to all these mental health issues. You go to Vancouver, you go on the East Hastings side and you see all these people that are 
just so mentally ill they're living on the streets and there's a huge drug problem out here and it hits me so hard because that comes from a lack of resources for mental health and in our society people just look at them and they shove them to the side it's like just get a job just clean yourself up it's not a matter of that it's a matter of we're so fucking disconnected in this world now even though we have all this connection and it's just a matter of willing to get to know someone asking the right questions setting yourself aside for the purpose of figuring out who someone is because it also helps you figure out who you are we're very i am right i am entitled like don't challenge my views on the world you have something to learn from me it's not like that we're constantly wrong even if we think we're right oh yeah and your opinions change all the time. Yeah. That's what I think the whole conversation about you're right, I'm wrong, especially politics in America. Like we end up, it's very, it's very malicious. It's very dark. And instead of saying like, I understand this extremist stuff, but also like yeah. what happened to agreeing to disagree? Like it, it, it like it's so, at, it, it's really extreme now. It's terrifying. Yeah. You'll find it even in your connections with your closest friends. I find friendships are very fake now because we're scared to challenge our friends and say, hey, you know what, this hurt me. All we're doing is setting up a boundary at that point, right? If we were best mm-hmm. friends and I said, hey, the thing you said about me to someone, I, I know about it and it didn't make me feel great and I just want to talk to you about it. I'm not cutting off the friendship. I'm just saying this is my boundary and we should respect each other a little more. We shouldn't be intimidated by that. We shouldn't be so aggravated that someone's telling them here's here's my level of respect that I think I deserve I would never do this to you we all make mistakes like let's all just own up to it let's move forward and take it as a self-development moment do you think that the part of the mental health problem is the fact that we're not like having those candid conversations with friends that it's like it's more like even my experience I found that like again no one's perfect and we kind of own up to our shit but sometimes people make really bad mistakes or they do something weird or whatever and I'm like oh I gotta cut them off I gotta find a new friend right I'm growing right I gotta find new people or like I always in my life have had to shed people and then find new ones and it's almost like disheartening at times because I'm like oh is there something wrong with me because I keep cutting people off or is it actual growth or is it that I have a confrontation problem like most people do and I just don't want to say hey that wasn't cool and then like move the fuck on right and still be friends yeah it definitely leads into the the lack of connection that I was mentioning right if if you're not able to have these conversations where you both accept let's agree to disagree or let's accept that we both have different opinions if we can't move past that if it's such a small thing in the grand scheme of what your entire friendship entails your history whatever You know, if you're deciding to cut that person off because they don't agree with you on such a small thing, and there's many small things in comparison to the bigger picture, right? But that's leading into a lack of connection in my mind. If it's something drastic and it's something repetitive where you've talked to this person multiple times, I think then, you, you of course, you have the right to make a decision. Is this person adding value to my life or or removing value from my life? Are they making me more stressed than happy? Are they actively deciding to continuously cross my boundaries even though we've had that conversation of I'm not comfortable with this if someone comes up to you and they say what you did made me feel uncomfortable you have no right to say no it didn't that's bullshit you did something well it's a gaslighting yeah that's what they do in relationships and you're like well this is how I feel and they're like I'm sorry you feel that way like just like 
shut the fuck up. Yeah. And like, <laughs> sense of like taking ownership and saying, I sorry, I made you feel that way in comparison to I'm sorry, you feel that way. If you're saying, I'm sorry, I made you feel that way, you understand what you did and you understand that you contributed to the problem. If you're saying, I'm sorry, you feel that way, you're saying, this is a you problem. And it's like, no, it's not a me problem. I wouldn't be bringing it up if it was just me involved. I would be in my room, probably sad, not talking to <laughs> So I'm wondering, like, over the past few months, because I know we, we've talked here and there, and it's been pretty rough, right? Because you've been kind of walking this pathway, kind of purposeless, which I, I can relate in a lot of ways. Yeah. I definitely had a dark time in the, in the winter, kind of surrounding the same thing. Yeah. Like, how have you found that like being in this house with all these people has helped to kind of bring yourself around like what have you been doing to kind of combat the mental health thing as well as like the purposeless path if you will luckily I live with people that are very accepting of where I'm at in life we all it's funny we all joke around and say we're all just degenerates trying to figure out life it's there's no pressure on me from anyone to, okay, you got to find a job now. It's like, as long as you get your rent paid, as long as you aren't a shit person to any of us, we're all just like co-living and, and enjoying each other's company. So I have a good support system in the house in that sense where I don't feel uncomfortable. It's I'm at a place where I feel comfortable right now. And that's, that's all that matters. I don't feel pressured to do anything um, other than exist. And we forget to remind ourselves of that just simply being here and choosing to be here another day and and yes everything can seem like it's crashing around us but at the end of the day if you're choosing yourself and choosing to breathe for another moment that is all that's required out of you for that day if the only thing you can do is get up and brush your teeth even if you don't brush your teeth if you're if that little thing is like maybe going outside and having a smoke and that makes you hold on to life a little longer Fuck yeah. Keep doing that. <laughs> I love my coping mechanisms, although mine is usually like ice cream. It's mostly food. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Or ice cream. I love my ice cream too. Whatever that small thing is, right? If it's allowing you to go, okay, I can like push past another 10 minutes and actually still be here on this planet. At the end of the day, like if we had the decision to either be here or not be here and have it affect no one, have that decision affect no one, I feel like most of us would probably just leave and that's a very real emotion. It's a valid point, though. It's completely like I think about that all the time. Not that I've ever taken any like action, but similarly to you, like I'm like, what's why am I fuck? What's the fucking point? This seems like more pain than it is like pleasure. Yeah. So like, why? Like, and and honestly, sometimes it's even it's yes, it's okay. The people in my life are gonna be sad, and then the other point is me being like a weird spiritual being. I'm like, I know this shit's gonna come to haunt me in the next life or whatever it is. So I also can't do that. So fuck me. I guess I'm just gonna get like fat and eat my ice cream, <laughs> like to try to get a little bit of joy for 30 minutes, so I can like make you know fucking handle this shit because it's fucking dark. Yeah, and that is part of human connection for me. It was my brother telling me this. He said. Everyone on this planet, if they had the decision, they would probably choose not to be here. Life is hard. Life is not forgiving for anyone. But at the end of the day, we're choosing to push past that. We're choosing to be stronger. We're choosing to go with the thought that my thoughts are just thoughts. My emotions will eventually, it's fleeting, right? My emotion, my mo mm -hmm. strong emotions will eventually dissipate. And I'm going to decide to be here for another day. Some people are lucky enough that they have good support around them. 
you have supportive family, supportive friends, or a therapist, some people aren't that lucky. Some people literally have none of that, and that ends up turning into an addiction somehow, I think. Like, you know, you have that first line of blow, or whatever it is, you try meth, whatever, and sometimes that is the first time someone's ever felt good, and that's where the addiction would start, is okay, I don't receive that from anyone else in my life. I don't feel supported. I don't feel loved. I don't feel like I have a purpose. I don't feel at ease. And then you have this one substance that will allow you to feel something other than pain. And yeah, a lot of us don't understand that. And a lot of us aren't grateful enough for the connections that we have around us. But if you have someone that you can call up at any given time or or even schedule a time with them to just maybe rant a little bit, tell them what's going on and have them support you. I think that's one of the most cherished things we have. That's one of the things, that's one of the reasons why we are deciding not to end our lives. If I decided to end my life, my life, and I've, again, had those moments where I came very, very close, woke up in a hospital and my brother was the first one I saw. If I didn't have that support, if I didn't see him around me, like if I didn't realize that that decision to end my life would have resulted in him ending his life probably, my other brother ending his life probably, my mom and dad probably wouldn't have been able to handle it either. They probably, my dad probably would have died of a heart attack. My mom, I don't know, maybe she would have turned to drugs at that point, you know? Like you, you have to think bigger picture. This is, I have people that want me around and there always is at least one person that wants you around, so. Yeah, well. I think sometimes we get into our heads of like, oh, I'm taking up too much space or like I'm being a burden, right? If you if you vent to someone or you kind of reach out for help, at least I used to have people in my uh, my space who like if it wasn't good, a good time, they weren't around, which those aren't real friends. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of end up having to self-soothe yourself because there's no one around that you feel comfortable enough with to share those dark moments. But I'm wondering like – do you find that the dark moments crept in because of like materialistic things like money or the title or the job or do you think it was more purpose related like more internal like guiding light related i think it was yeah more to do with i don't have a purpose i don't have a job i'm in a relationship that's constantly kicking me when i'm down not supportive which on that note we need to be very careful of who we decide to date it's a Yes. Oh, my God. Realize um, we're going to be spending a majority of our time with this person. And if you're not in a state where you're comfortable with where you're at in life, it, it can be very dangerous because you can attract the wrong people very quickly and they're going to be OK with toying with your emotions and abusing you. So, yeah, it was more so I don't have sense of purpose in myself, don't know how to love myself properly Therefore, I'm attracting the wrong people, which are only confirming that about myself. And so at this point, I have no one that loves me. And I genuinely thought that. And let's just go with the way out is is how it usually went for me. I Again, I still have those moments. And it happens randomly uh, where I'll wake up and I'll go, okay, well, here's another day. Let's like, what am I going to do? But there's there's ways around it. There's resources. There's ways to distract yourself. And at the end of the day, again, we all have something to contribute to this life. And it's just a matter of finding that passion. I, I find the people that are the most hurt are the people that you can most easily connect with. It's just a matter of 
having a conversation, having a like all walls down conversation, asking good questions, being genuinely curious about the other person. I find that even though the internet is like fake connection, it's actually helped me find like real people. Yeah. Like not everyone, a good like 90% are full of shit in a lot of ways, right? The Instagram versus reality thing is real, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's been the easiest way for me to find like really dope people because if I see you're talking about real shit and I'm talking about real shit, like cool, let's like hang out. You know what I mean? Yeah, you attract your audience and then that way too, if you show people who you are, you're going to attract the right people, but it's also going to deter the wrong people so so quickly, right? Because if I'm sitting here beside someone that hasn't had a real conversation in their life before, it, they're going to go back into their turtle shell and they're never going to want to talk to me again. But opposed to someone that loves and thrives off these conversations, you're going to develop a beautiful friendship from that. What are you doing on like a day-to-day basis since like you're like not working like from a purpose perspective? Because I know I think you've been on like a purpose journey for a little bit of like, what am I doing? What's the point of this? Right? How do I express myself creatively? And if it's not through like, you know, an example only like how else would I do this? And not even from a monetary perspective, more of like, what am I going to do to bring joy every day that's not substance or like coping mechanism related? Like what are some of those things that you've been exploring? Yeah, um, I'm keeping it simple right now. I think getting up and going to the gym when I have the energy or just going for a run or going for a walk. First thing, first and foremost, like get myself out of the house, plug some music in or a podcast and just do something physical. And then from there, if I'm at home all day, there's different outlets, right? I like writing and I like painting. Not that I'm the greatest writer or the painter, but it's just something that puts me into a, a Zen state. It puts me into a trance. And I learn a lot about myself in those moments. Um, mm-hmm. Crazy how much you realize about yourself when you actually put pen to paper. And from there, I think just having the human connection around me, I have people around me that I can express myself to fully. I do feel a good sense of purpose in the sense of I am receiving connection um, and that's helping my mental state. You don't realize how quickly those few things fill your day up, but I'm like never bored anymore, you know? But yeah, we're keeping it simple right now and I feel like that's all that's required of me is just try to connect with myself in the simplest forms and and eventually something will come of it. Yeah, I find that the more that I get to know myself and like you feel more comfortable in your skin the less you give a shit about the external stuff which is why a lot of people get into a tizzy you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's true the more tasks you give yourself in the day I feel like the more scrambled your mind is gonna get and if you're someone that's not mentally stable adding things to your hectic mind is not gonna help you just need to again keep it simple give yourself one or two things in a day to do, try and complete them. If you don't, that's okay. Try again tomorrow. Don't don't overwhelm yourself with too much when you're dealing with a traumatic year, a traumatic life, a traumatic day. You know, there's forgive yourself. It's hard though when you have like social media and all these things kind of like blasting at you all the time that are trying to tell you like you need to know what you need want to do with your life and who you want to be with and all that yeah. stuff, which is such bullshit because like it's so like my mom she just turned 60 last year and she's still saying i have no fucking idea what i want to do with my life and i'm like is this a family thing or is this like the normal thing and just most people don't fucking uh, like they don't admit to it like i I don't know 
everyone I've talked to recently has said, you think I know what I'm doing with my life? No, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing, but I'm doing the thing that I know is bringing me a little bit of ease. Yeah, social media is so toxic in that sense of even if it's, it doesn't have to be your passion, but you have to work towards something or it's constantly throwing, um, I find with TikTok, this is a big thing. You're constantly being bombarded with videos of five ways to fix your mental health, five ways to get leaner, or like, it's like all these ways to fix yourself. And we're getting put into a mental state of, okay, there's always something to fix. There's barely any videos that I see come across. Maybe it's just my algorithm, <laughs> but I, it's hard to come across videos that are more on the side of, you don't have to fix anything about yourself right now if you don't feel like it. It's mm -hmm. if you're not able. To well, there's nothing to sell then, yeah. you know. That's the hard part is like all these things of like having like knowing what you want to do with your life and having a plan and all that stuff. It's all it's all a byproduct of like money, right? It's part of the system in the corporation. Yeah. Right. So like if you have something to fix, I can sell you on a course to fix it. Or like if you know you want to do this in life, you can go to college and that's also contributing money towards it. Like there's always something that has to do with money. It's if if we could just exist, no one can monetize off you and your shit. Yeah. A hundred percent. We yeah. It, that's that's the nasty part. I don't like that. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 dark. It's yeah. deep. <laughs> I yeah I just want people to know that it's okay to just exist you, you don't have to you know stop stop putting so much pressure on yourself it's just because our friend that we've known since whatever grade one grade two whatever is climbing a corporate ladder and they're super successful and this and that they've got a house they've got kids they're married doesn't mean we have to like that's I don't even know if I want that stuff anymore. No. Like, I feel like I go back and forth all the time of like, do I even want to get married? Do I even want a wedding? Like, I think I'd love to experience that, but it's so expensive. Yeah. It's for what? It's, I don't, I, as a guest, sometimes I don't even want to go to weddings, let alone like, do I want to be a wife and like play <laughs> like housemate, you know, domestic and domestic mate, you know what I mean? Not that my boyfriend's bad and he would make that, but it's just like, it's a real, it's a fucking serious thing to question. Yeah. It's a construct and it's, it's a set like. It's a time frame. It's a construct mm -hmm. time frame. We're expected to move about life all in the same way, but that's just an easy way to not allow us to figure out more about ourselves and to then love ourselves more, which then is going to turn into us loving other people more, accepting who they are for who they are, accepting that, you know, we're going to have different opinions. We're not going to agree on everything. And then still continuing that human connection. It all has like a specific way of flowing, I think, and we're being pulled further and further away from it. So we need to just let our egos go for a bit <laughs> and really look at the bigger picture of things and communicate more. Like that's where it gets lost, right? We need to communicate more. We need to say what's making us feel uncomfortable. We need to say what's making us sad. We need to say what's making us happy so that the people around us are aware of the level of respect we want to receive. For people who are kind of on a purposeless path, right? They're kind of in the crossroads, if you will, between like corporate life and being a quitter or just like generally, like just unsure what the fuck to do because they've tried a bunch of things and they're like, none of this is bringing me joy. I don't know what to do at this point. I don't know who the fuck I am. Like, do you have any suggestions or any kind of offerings that you can give like some insight to someone who's kind of lost right now? try new things. I know it's scary to 
put yourself in a situation where you're going in as a newbie. Try new things to discover more about yourself. Put yourself in situations that you've never experienced before because I promise there's always something to learn. And just allow yourself to realize that even though you think you don't have a purpose, that you do have a purpose. Simply being her here is the purpose for you or connecting with someone is your purpose. Like, don't overcomplicate things and allow yourself the patience and the forgiveness to understand that you're not on the same timeline as anyone else on this planet. You're on your own timeline. And the more stress you put onto yourself in terms of, I need to figure my purpose out now, the longer it's going to take for you to figure that out because you're going to be scared to do all the different things. Like, you're not going to put yourself into new situations if you're that stressed out. You're going to self into a pit of anxiety. Just understand that you don't have to be perfect at everything right off the bat either. It's a learning experience and we make mistakes and that's how we learn. So give yourself patience and know that one day your purpose will show itself. You just have to be open to new experiences. I agree with that. As you know, as someone who's like just always trying weird shit, I kind of have like, I go in and out of like yes years or yes like yeah. months. And they lead to really fucked up things, but it's really fucking fun. And then you're like, oh shit, I like that or I don't like that. Before we kind of wrap this up, is where can people find you? Like, is are you working on anything right now that you want to kind of highlight or anything like that? I'm not working on anything. I'm just existing. But my social is Jen, J-E-N-N dot Asusena, A-Z-U-C-E-N-A. If anyone ever wants to reach out and simply connect and have a simple conversation, I'm open for it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you being so open and honest. I'm sure a lot of people who are listening and struggling will find a lot of comfort in knowing that they're not alone and you can still be quote unquote successful and like be in good spirits and be up to big things while still dealing with mental health issues and kind of being explorative and trying interesting and maybe convoluted things. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you.